Well, after a weekend of left and right turns, we have plenty of things to discuss from Sonoma. We're going to be discussing Carson Hosevar coming back from his injury, Kyle Busch able to take his own truck to victory lane, as well as Daniel Suarez able to break through and get that first career win with Trackhouse. We'll also be discussing the playoff picture for both series. But before we do that, we have some exciting news to share about the future of this show. It all starts now on 3 Wide. So before we dive right into the race weekend and all that went on at Sonoma, I uh, had some exciting news to share about the future of the show. I had mentioned a while back my goal was to start a YouTube channel, start doing some video uploads, and ultimately one day be able to do interviews with drivers and p- p- members within the sport. And we're taking a big step forward in that possibility. I will be attending the SRX race at Five Flags Speedway this weekend in Pensacola, Florida. I was able to obtain a media pass, so I'm I'm hoping for lots of excellent content and footage. I'll be able to get uh, inside the track, outside the track, all that goes on in a SRX race day weekend. Uh, in case you know, for people looking to attend future races, what they can look forward to. I'm excited to be able to do my first video around drivers that I grew up watching, like Bill Elliott, Bobby Labonte, Tony Stewart, Ryan Newman. Uh, several others, and drivers across other racing series, Tony Kanaan, Marco Andretti, uh, a lot of big names this weekend that I, I'll hopefully be, get to be around, maybe be able to get uh, to ask a question or two, or at least get some good solid footage from pre- and post-race. So y'all keep an eye out for the coming weeks. Once I get the video edited, it will be up on YouTube, and I, I'm so excited for this opportunity. I did not expect it to happen as soon as it has. But I saw a, a chance and an opportunity to, to be able to do this. And so I took it. And, you know, as I can't even put into words how excited I am to be able to do this. So I'm hoping to be able to deliver on just excellent content for the listeners, for those that have not seen or heard the show yet. Uh, definitely could open up a whole lot of doors for me. And it, as I said, I'm just so excited and hope y'all stay patient with me as I learn now the video editing process and you'll be able to see that video in the coming weeks. Now, as the trucks rolled into Sonoma for the weekend, the big question all week was the status of Carson Hosevar. You know, he had gotten hurt at Gateway with a last lap crash, had to be stretchered out of the track. And there wasn't a whole lot of updates given during the week. Uh, just some, some vague ones by Carson, again, you know, and it's, it's his business, his call. I'm not saying anything negative in that sense, but, you know, it was just simply, you know, they're running tests, see what the damage is, what the outlook is as far as him racing. Uh, and they were very, very hush-hush about it. Rumors ranged anywhere from, you know, he was going to be out for a while, not be able to make any starts, to he, he'd be able to start the race in Sonoma, but give it, give the truck up to another driver just so he could be credited with the points. And by the time they rolled around this weekend, Carson was there. He had the plan that they were going to start the race, swap out drivers just so he could at least get the points credit uh, and help himself out so he didn't fall into a hole in the playoff picture. And he had a, he was on crutches. He said he had surgery on his ankle, which was broken. They had to put some screws in. And he goes out there and qualifying, and he puts up a, a pole time. He gets the fastest time on the track, but then he crashes the truck 
which would put him starting at the rear of the field with the repairs they had to make to it. And Daniel Suarez was the driver on standby for Josevar whenever they decided to make that switch. And as I said, the goal was to start the race, then put him in, and NASCAR went ahead and announced that Josevar, he wouldn't get any playoff points if Daniel was to get a stage win. And say Daniel got the race win, he would not be locked in to the playoffs as as a race winner. So, which is understandable. You definitely don't want to set that precedent. Otherwise, you could be looking at some smaller truck teams doing these, you know, starting their drivers and then putting in a more veteran season driver to possibly put them in a chance to win and lock themselves in the playoffs. So that's not something you want to set the tone for. So can understand NASCAR's ruling there. And before we get into the, you know, ins and outs of the race, what went on between the green flag and the checkered flag, Kyle Busch would wind up taking the race win and finishing second was Zane Smith, followed by Ty Majeski in third. Ross Chastain was able to finish in fourth, followed by Chandler Smith in fifth. And Daniel Suarez, who would take over for uh, Carson Josevar during the first stage, he would come away with a sixth-place finish. So, really, Josevar gets the credit for the sixth-place finish and the points. Parker Clearman, he was able to finish seventh in his return to the truck series. You had John Hunter check in eighth, Tyler Ankrum in ninth, and Matt Benedetto rounds out the top ten. And for Kyle, this was a big win for him because this was his fifth and final start that he could make this season in the truck series. And he had been winless in his previous starts this season so far. But he was able to get the win. He avoids going 0 for 5 in truck starts this year without a win. And that makes 10 straight years with at least one win for him in the truck series. And looking at his overall stats on racing reference, he's raced in the truck series about 20 years. And I believe, and this is me just spitballing, I believe he's only had mm, four winless seasons. And one of them was 2001 when he just made a couple starts, getting really his first taste of, you know, the upper ranks of the NASCAR competition. And so you can't really count that one, but still, it's been a dominant run for him in the truck series, just as it has been across the sport for him. So you could tell it was a relief for him to get that win and kind of, you know, check that box. So he was able to take his truck to victory lane. And as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Suarez, he replaced Carson with nine laps to go under green flag conditions in stage one. And I don't know if it was just they had this lap set in stone, like here's when we're going to make the switch, whether there's a caution or not. Um, Josevar, he didn't say he was in any pain or his ankle was bothering him. So most likely his team just said, here's when we're going to do it. They weren't able to catch a caution beforehand or at that time which put Daniel two laps down while making the swap. So he was put in a hole, would have to come out of it. But between, you know, cautions and able to take wave rounds and lucky dogs, he was able to make up those spots and recover for a sixth-place finish, which was solid for him and good for Carson that he didn't, you know, really lose anything in the playoff standings. And he did an interview after he got out of the truck. He said, you know, the team, this was their plan to do the swap. They're looking at the big picture. They're looking for a, a you know a good a championship a run at the championship and a championship win. And Carson says sometimes the hardest decisions you know are are the smartest ones to make. So, and looking at that playoff situation, I mean it's getting it's getting tied. You you got drivers really starting to make up some ground on Matt Crafton who holds that final spot on points. Uh, the truck series they only have four races before the playoffs start. And just behind Matt Crafton, you have Tanner Gray. He was able to gain 15 points on Matt. And now Tanner's 33 points outside of the playoff picture. 
And the big gainer was Matt Benedetto. He was able to gain 23 points on Matt Crafton, which now puts him 36 points back from uh, Matt. So while, you know, it does look like it's a, a big gap for them to make it on points, you know, Matt with his game right there can show you how fast it can change in a race, especially with a, a track like Knoxville coming up next week where after last year's mess of a race, anything can happen. You know, these guys, they could come away with being in the playoff above the cutoff line or pretty much taken out of any points consideration where they would have to win a race. So it's, it's a lot. It's going to be very interesting to see how these playoff standings look after next week's Knoxville race and where it goes from there. And another thing while I was doing this research that was interesting, you have Ben Rhodes who came away with a stage win at Sonoma. Looking at it, he is leading the point standings right now, and he has eight stage wins. And between his eight stage wins, leading the points, with all that he has in his bonus points, if if the standings were to stay the same and the playoffs started today, he would match Zane Smith, who has been the more dominant truck as far as race wins this season. He would match him in, in the point standings when the playoffs roll around. Uh, right now, Zane Smith, he has three wins, but only five stage wins. And where he's at in points, he would get eight extra bonus points when the playoffs start. So that puts them right there head-to-head with each other, which shows just how important these stage wins can be. And even though Ben may not have as many race wins as Zane, you know, it's it shows a big difference because Ben, he's just been clicking away on these stage wins. You know, while you have drivers doing pit strategy you know, Ben, he's been staying out. His crew's been having him stay out there and get these stage win bonus points. So even though he doesn't have the win, just by focusing on stage wins alone has kept him in this championship hunt and really putting him in a good spot for when the playoffs start. And then on Sunday in what was a relatively quiet race, but a pretty solid one at that, you had the Cup Series also taking on Sonoma. You had Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott on the front row, which was no surprise to see that. Chase, who has really been probably the better road course racer for the Cup Series for the past few years. And Kyle Larson, who hasn't been a slouch himself, he's a solid road course racer. To see them get the top two times was no surprise there. And as I said, it was a quiet day of racing. You know, there was only a handful of cautions for the stage breaks, fluid on the track and debris. There was no cautions for any wrecks or anything like that. And when the, all was said and done, that checkered flag failed. Daniel Suarez was able to get his first career win, followed by Chris Buescher in second, Michael McDowell in third, Kevin Harvick, he came away with a fourth-place finish, followed by Austin Sendrick in fifth. Ryan Blaney was able to finish in sixth, followed by Ross Chastain in seventh. Chase Elliott would finish in eighth. William Byron was in ninth. And Brad Keselowski, he would round out the top 10. And Daniel Suarez, he would finally break through and get that first career win in 195 starts. And all through Daniel's career, it has just been full of ups and downs, you know, and just never really feeling like he had his foot, you know, in a good hold for for a spot in this series. You know, he won the Xfinity Series Championship. And with Carl Edwards suddenly retiring, he gets kind of thrust into the Cup Series, I think, a year or two before he's really ready for it. And, you know, would have some flashes with Joe Gibbs in that 19 car, would, you know, have some solid runs. I remember the the Talladega race. I believe it was his rookie year. That's one race that comes to mind where he was leading towards the end uh, until he was taken out in a wreck. He was let go in place when of uh, Martin Trex Jr., 
after Furniture Row Racing shut down. So he got the cut there and then moved over to Stuart Haas Racing, which looked to be, you know, really kind of a lateral move for him to go from one top team to another. Unfortunately, just never got a real good shot at that team. Uh, never seemed like he had the top equipment. And ultimately, he was let go after one season uh, to make room for Cole Custer. And from there on, he, he went to Gaunt Brothers Racing, a Toyota team. And it really just seemed like his Cup Series career was on life support at this point. He was really trying to make that year with Gaunt Brothers, you know, mean something, whether it was to build up that team or to bide his time and give him a shot for another solid ride the next year. But it just seemed like it was going to be another case that we've seen so many times in the Cup Series where these drivers move up too soon or they're not given really the, the chance that they deserve or need to become a top cup driver and, you know, set himself up for a solid career in the Xfinity or truck series, which nothing wrong with that. He, I think he could have got a real solid shot back in the Xfinity series, could have won more championships and races, but he stuck with it in the cup series, kept his head up high, held up high. He's kept a good following with fans and that led to an opportunity with track house racing and honestly, it never seemed like he had a, he was a real good fit with any of the teams he was at before until he got to Trackhouse. Last year, it was their first season as a full-time cup team. And Daniel, it was kind of like his first year with Joe Gibbs. There were flashes. You could see the potential there uh, for his career and his time with Trackhouse. But ultimately, it was a rookie team. They were still learning. Uh, and, and he was kind of learning himself. They're, they're both trying to figure out where they're at in their careers. And... I think it's been good for him in the long run that he's with this team. And I think he'll, you know, be a pretty good solid driver with this team for the time, for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm glad to see him get this win just because it feels like it gets that monkey off his back. You have Ross Chastain, his teammate, have two wins this year. Ross has been running week in and week out in the top five, in the top 10, in race winning conversations. Whereas Daniel, he's matched. He's been just as fast as Ross, I feel like. Just could never seem to close the deal consistently and get the finishes that he really should have had this season. He's come close to a couple wins, like at Auto Club early this season. But finally, at Sonoma, he's able to come through, get that first win. Now it's going to be fun to see what, what he can do now. Now that that pressure's off of him, you know, can he take that next step and become a week-in and week-out contender? Start getting more consistency like Ross has. Get those top fives. Get those top tens and be a real force on the track. And also, as I mentioned in that top ten, there were a few names in there that had amazingly solid days for them compared to the season they've had. You had Chris Buescher, Michael McDowell able to get their first top fives on the season. Brad Keselowski, he gets his first top ten since the Daytona 500. So a good solid day for three Ford drivers. And Ford overall, they had a really strong run all day long. Uh, with Road America, you know, the Indy Road Course, and Watkins Glen ahead on the schedule. And after seeing how Chris Buescher performed, you know, and, and even Michael McDowell, who's no slouch on the road courses, can one of those guys get an upset win on one of these road courses? You know, at Road America, that's where Michael McDowell won his first career Xfinity race. So he has the experience there he needs. And Chris is kind of an underrated road course racer, I feel like. He's he's solid on them. All the finishes may not show on it, but he I think he can be a contender at these tracks. So when we roll around to Road America here in a few weeks, 
those are the two drivers I'm going to keep my own, especially Michael McDowell. I, I, I think he could get the upset win and would just further flip this playoff standings on his head. And speaking of the playoffs, we got 10 races left until the playoffs start, and there's only four spots left open for points. And there's still quite a stack of drivers that have not won this year that easily could get a win anytime in those 10 races. You got Brian Blaney hasn't won yet, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, Eric Almarola, Kevin Harvick, uh, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Eric Jones. Those, those are the drivers that are up into the top 20 that uh, really, I think, can easily come away with a win at any of the tracks left on the schedule. Nashville, um, honestly, I'm looking for Ross Chastain. I think he gets the win there after his run he had there last year. I just feel like that's going to be a good show for him. Atlanta, with the way it races now, that's kind of become a crapshoot. You know, can Ryan Blaney come through with the win or, or uh, Christopher Bell? Who knows, or maybe even uh, Eric Almarola who also won at Loudoun last year, and that's one of the races coming up, and he was pretty dominant at Loudoun. You know, he had a good, solid run there at that track. You, then you have Pocono, Michigan. You know, how's Michigan going to race with this new package? Richmond, which, you know, I could see a repeat winner there with Denny Hamlin, or, you know, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell. I feel like that'll be a strong showing for Joe Gibbs Racing. And then, of course, we got Daytona, which is the last race before the playoffs start. And that kind of just opens up the field for anyone to win. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this year, the struggles of Bubba Wallace. He could go in Daytona get that win and lock himself into the playoffs, possibly depending on how the playoff standings look at that point. But there, there's plenty of opportunities in these last 10 races to give drivers a chance to win. And, you know, you look at Road America, Indian Watkins Glen, as I mentioned earlier, you know, who knows what will happen. It's a lot of unknowns, and I feel like it's mostly this new car has thrown a curveball and given a lot of guys opportunities to win that normally wouldn't. It's given drivers, you know, that go to these tracks that suit their, you know, that are their strong suits. Gives them better chances to win as compared to the old car, whereas they might run around for a solid top 10 day or top 15. For some reason, it just seems like now it kind of boosts them ahead and gives them a real shot at winning. Um, but going back to the day at Sonoma, and it was a long day for Toyota, which I did not see coming personally. The highest finishing Toyota driver was Kurt Busch in 18th. You had Bubba Wallace finishing last due to engine failure on lap 10. Martin Truex Jr. finished 26th. Christopher Bell 27th. Kyle Busch 30th. And Denny Hamlin 31st. And Kyle and Kurt were the only drivers that were able to get stage points in stage one. And I definitely didn't see this coming, especially from uh, Martin Truex Jr. or Kyle Busch. I felt like they could have a, a really strong day. This is one of Martin's best tracks. And same for Kurt. You know, he he's run good here before in lesser equipment. So I'm not sure if Toyota, they're just missing it on their road course setup because they've had a, a good past month. So obviously still some work to be done. But they are looking better than what they did earlier this season where they would just seem to be struggling against the whole field. Now it is time to put the spotlight on some drivers who were able to get solid finishes in their races and make the most out of the equipment they had, able to overcome any adversity and, and set themselves up for a good solid finish. In the truck series, my spotlight driver is Tyler Ankrum, who had a very quiet day, able to keep his nose clean and come away with his fourth top 10 
on the season, his first since Darlington. And he was able to put himself in a little bit better position with the points in in the playoff standings as he got a second-place finish in Stage 1. He's still pretty far below that cup line. It'll probably take a win, honestly, to get him a, a playoff spot. But at least for one day, he got a good, solid finish and a little bit of a brighter look, outlook on the rest of his season. And in the Cup Series, and as I mentioned in the Cup part of segment of our show, there were plenty of choices in the top ten. You know, Chris Buescher, Michael McDowell, Brad Keselowski uh, with solid runs on their day. But ultimately, I'm choosing to go with Chris Buescher simply because this is his first top five since the Charlotte Roval uh, last year. He missed, you know, last week due to COVID, so he missed an opportunity for points at that race. Then you go back to Charlotte a couple weeks ago where his race was ended by, you know, his flip in the front straightaway and ruined what was going to possibly be a good solid top 10 finish for him. And looking at a stat line, I feel like he's got a pretty good, you know, shot in the coming weeks. Uh, Looking at his stats on racing reference, he has eight top fives in his career. Three of those top fives have been on road courses, and three others have been at Daytona. So, as I mentioned before with the schedule, you got Road America, Indy, Watkins, Glen. You know, he's got a good shot to get the upset there. You also have Daytona as the last race before the playoffs. And he's been solid at that track. He doesn't have a win yet there, but he has been in the running. Uh, also, you know, you look at a race like Atlanta, where which has become more like a Daytona and Talladega. He could sneak away with one there. So, Chris, you know, he's been it's been in, in, inconsistent year, excuse me, for that RFK team. But you're starting to see a little bit more speed out of him, especially with Chris's car. It seems like he's able to kind of hang with the top 10 more consistently than Brad at the moment. Brad is coming around. But for right now, Chris, he is my spotlight driver and and is definitely on the positive trend for the coming weeks. And upcoming weekend, no Cup Series, no Xfinity Series with Father's Day weekend. But we do still have truck racing. And they will be at Knoxville, returning to the dirt track from last year, where Austin Hill came away with the win in a cluster of a race. And last year's race, there were 14 cautions. Nearly half the race was run under caution due to multiple, you know, spins, big wrecks. You know, the average green flag run was around seven laps. So this race is just purely going to be about survival. And as I mentioned earlier, talking about the truck series, for guys like Matt Benedetto, Tanner Gray, they need – this race I would focus more on just trying to keep your nose clean, get, you know, some stage points and a good solid finish just so you can at least come out of there, you know, either gaining a handful of points or pretty much staying even. Just You just don't want to do anything that would put yourself in a hole, a bigger hole going into the last few races for the playoffs where it puts you in a must-win situation. And also, we got the SRX series kicking off on Saturday at Pensacola, which I mentioned earlier, I will be there and, you know, recording as much stuff as I can, getting as much as I can on video, on, and pictures. I'm just beyond excited for this opportunity. And, you know, so y'all be sure if you're not following me on Twitter, go ahead, get on Twitter, hit that follow button. Be looking out for who knows what all I'll be able to post on Saturday. 
you know, depending on what the cell signal is down there, but I'm going to be snapping pictures. I'm going to be taking videos, be putting up all sorts of content from that race. And also, like I said, keep an eye out whenever I get that YouTube channel up and running, that video edited, you will hear it first here on this podcast and on my Twitter page. And be sure to go over to that and subscribe, share that video. You know, we're looking to build here with this show and, and definitely taking a step in the right direction this weekend. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. Once again, I thank everyone for joining me. If you haven't already done it, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast from Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You can also find me at anchor.fm slash three wide three. And that also happens to be my Twitter handle, three wide three. And we will meet back same time next week and go over the doubleheader action Saturday at Pensacola and Knoxville.